Father, we come before you this morning. And Father, we thank you for your hand. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you for your grace. We thank you, Lord, that it's not by might, nor by power, nor by, nor, uh, but it's by your spirit. And Father, we are just wanting to um, count for you to come and for you to speak, Father, to our hearts, to strengthen our hearts, to touch our lives so that we can be more like you, so that we can be closer to you and in line with your purposes and will for our lives. Father, we thank you today. We pray that you will be glorified and lifted up in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 So good morning, church. Um, really just want to um, thank you once again for joining. And today we're going to be looking at um, a topic, um, something different to what I have been speaking on. Um, I was speaking on um, our identity in Christ, but we'll continue that another time. I, I wanted to, to share um, something totally different. And with that, I wanted to share my, my thoughts on um, you know, the passing of Pastor Joe. Um, I didn't have an opportunity um, to do so, and I, I believe it's, it's right to do that. Um, so as many of you, or some of you, most of you would know, obviously, I've had the privilege of having a great friendship um, of, with Pastor Joe um, and serving under him. And I've also been honored to be um, mentored by him too. And in, in hearing the news of um, in Pastor Joe passing, it like everyone else, it was a total shock. Um, and if, if I'm very honest, it's, it's still even a shock even now as I sit here um, and still like disbelief. Um, and at that time, uh, many emotions and questions flooded my mind. And, um, and you know, we are um, in a different place, in a different stage right now. The scripture says that when... Moses died and how Joshua had to take up the baton. It's that kind of phase that we're in as a church. And even as we um, go through this time of um, mourning, um, we can be rest assured and be encouraged that Pastor Joe has, fi has finished his race. He's kept the faith. And as the scripture also says, that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So we know that he's rejoicing with the with, with um, different ones in heaven and is part of the cloud of witnesses. And we want to celebrate and thank God for his life, for his legacy and what he has left and what he has imparted to so many people. He has touched so many people's lives and will continue through his books and throughout the ages to come. So I, I want to also just read this verse um, of scripture because 
the Lord really ministered to me um, last week. I I was just, um, I think I was watching, um, I, th- I think I was sharing it with um, someone, I can't remember who, but, you know, I was watching one of the video videos of seeing Pastor John. I got quite emotional. I think it was Olu, yeah, I was, I was speaking to Olu. And um, I got really emotional and I just, um, didn't know how to handle it and then then the Lord brought this scripture to me because what was happening was I was getting very emotional and I felt like I was going in a downhill spiral all the way down to the point that it felt like there was no hope and then the the Lord brought the scripture to me that we some of us may know in first Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 13 to 18 And it reads this, and it says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died. So you will not grieve like people who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and has was raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with him the believers who have died. We tell you this directly from the Lord, who are still living when the Lord returns, will not meet him ahead of those who have died. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet call of God. The first for believers who have died will raise from the graves. Then together with them who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we will be with the Lord forever. So encourage each other with these words. So when the Lord ministered to me this, this, these verses of scripture, he, he just reminded me, he said, son, listen, when you're mourning, make sure you mourn with hope that, you know, as believers, we don't mourn like how the world mourns. When the world mourns, they have no hope. There's no, nothing to cling to, but we have Christ. We have a hope knowing that he's coming back for us and we will all be together with the Lord Jesus. And the other thing that the Lord ministered to me was as we look at the life of Pastor Joe and as we look at things that are related to him, let his life inspire you and fire you up to ensure that you finish your purpose, that you finish your calling, the reason why he's placed you on this earth. The Bible says in the book of Acts that when David had finished his purpose, he fell asleep. And it's my prayer that every one of us, that we will carry out the calling the mandate, the mission, the purpose as to why Christ 
has placed us on this earth because we are not just here just to exist or just to pay bills or to or, or, or to um, you know anything else but we are here with a specific purpose and we need to find it as we find Christ we can find our purpose we can find our mission we can find our mandate so I just wanted to encourage you with that as we continue to look at the word. So today we're going to look at um, something that I've entitled, When Trouble Comes. When Trouble Comes. And so as, as many of us know, um, all of us, so many of us have been, um, um, we're, we're grieving, um, we're mourning the loss of our dear bishop, our pastor, our friend, our spiritual um, father. And um, there's, it's not only us, there's been several um, bereavements in our church. Um, I know Malcolm, I know that Joe, um, you've both lost your dads. Um, and we know of different ones. I, I know um, Rebecca, you lost your brother, and there's different ones. And we want to look at what God's word says about how we can navigate our, ourselves through these times. And not only bereavement, you may have had something, something really that has really stressed you out. You've gone through a very difficult time. You've heard some bad news um, and it's just changed your world. You've, you, you, you've got a, a situation that you're facing and you don't you don't know what to do and it's caused you to be feeling down it's caused you to feel like oh my goodness woe is me what am i going to do to navigate myself out of this difficult and tough situation and you know, you may even be here and you, be, you, you might be saying, listen, I don't have any trouble. Well, you know, great. But one thing is for sure, as it is written in the book of Matthew, I mean, Psalms 23, verse 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And then it says in the book of the gospel of John, Chapter 16, verse 33, I have told you all this so that you may have peace. Here on earth, you will have many trials and tribulations, but take courage, I have overcome the world. So I'm saying the, those verses of scripture to say, listen, every one of us will have a day where it will seem dark. It may seem like God has gone. And this word I, I pray will bless you and help you and that you will remember and hold fast to this word because at the end of the day, as Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And so we are going to, I'm going to read some, these verses of scripture. I'm going to read Psalms chapter 46. And I'm going to read the whole chapter. And I want you just to hear the word of the Lord. And it reads this. 
God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, even though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with its swelling. There is a river whose streams shall be glad, shall, shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her just at the break of dawn. The nations raged. The kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice. The earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Come behold the works of the Lord, who has made desolations in the earth. He makes wars to cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and cuts the spear into two. He burns the chariot in the fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. In these verses of scripture, today I want to, to highlight a few things. There's so many different things in them. But I'm just going to highlight just a few things that I believe that would really help us. Even when we look into the scriptures, the first thing that we should bear in mind is something called the providence of God. The providence of God. And, and basically, and there's, there's two aspects of it. It's, 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 it's basically that where God, he, whatever, he, God has got a plan for us. And whatever that plan is, Everything in life just happens. It's not by chance. It's by divine appointment. God allows things to happen. So number one, he's got a plan. And everything that happens in life, it serves to, uh, it serves to accomplish the plan and the purpose to see his agenda fulfilled. And so we need to bear in mind, nothing just happens. Nothing happens by accident. We do not live. It doesn't look like that. It, it, it happens by deliberate. Um, it happens deliberately. And, and I just want to just bring balance to this because I can hear someone saying, so, you know, if, if I have, if I, receive a negative situation in my life don't i pray about it or if someone 
Um, if, if there's a negative situation in the world, don't I pray about it? Yes, we do. We pray. We trust God. We stand upon his word. We pray according to his word. But when we've done everything in line with him, with his word, God is the person who has the last say. He is the one who causes his will to be established and has the last say on the matter. And that's one of the things that we as um, believers, as Christians, have to submit to his will. As the word says, that his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. And at times, different things happen in our, in our lives, in, in our world today, that we don't understand. And we think, why? But God has his reasons, and we are to submit to his providence because God has a bigger picture as to why certain things take place. And there are many examples in the Bible of God's providence in action. We am reminded of the story of Joseph when he was sold into slavery and became the king. So something seemingly negative that happened, he was thrown in the pit, his father thought he was dead, and he was there, but his father thought he's gone forever. But then later on, he saved many, many lives because that was God's providence in action. Then you may have, you, you, there's a, um, several more. You have Moses, who was abandoned as a baby because all the firstborn males were being killed and his mother placed him along the river, hoping and praying that someone would take him for safety. And Pharaoh's daughter took the child and brought this child up. And then she, he, he became a prince and then he redeemed the Israelites. So what am I saying? So it's like what is where the situation seems like unthinkable, unlike a really negative situation. God has turned it around for his good and for his glory. Even Jesus himself on the cross. When he says into your hands, I commit my spirit. Because Jesus believed in the providence of God, even unto death, Jesus was sought to fulfill the body of Christ. And as a result, we have many believers, all because of him submitting, submitting himself to the will of the Father. Not my will, but yours be done. I want to read um, a scripture. I think it's John, yeah, John chapter 9 and verse 1. Here's a story of the providence of God in action once again. Now, as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. 
and his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. Must work. Um, must work for work works of him who sent me while it is day the night is coming when no one can work as long as i'm in the world i am the light of the world when he had said these things he spat on the ground and made clay with his saliva and he anointed the eyes of the man with the clay and he said to him go wash in the pool of Siloam, which translated sent. So he sent and washed and came back seeing. Jumping to verse eight, therefore the neighbors and those who were previously seen that he was blind said, is not this he who sat and begged? Some said, is he others, is, this is he, others said, he is like him. He said, I am he. Therefore, they said to him, how were your eyes opened? He answered and said, a man called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said to me, go to the pool of Siloam and wash. So I went and I washed and I received sight. Jumping to verse 35. At this time, um, this person who received his sight, he went into the temple, the Pharisees chucked him out, and then we're at this point now, because the Pharisees weren't really um, happy, obviously, of this miracle. And Jesus, Jesus heard that they had cast him out, and when he had found him, he said to him, do you believe in the Son of God? He and he answered and said, who is he, Lord, Lord, but I might, may believe in him. And Jesus said to him, you have both seen him, and it is he who is talking with you. Then he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. The Lord, in, this, in these verses of scripture, the Lord used this situation for his glory. So this person was blind from birth so that the glory of God could be seen, so that people could see the power of God. And so he could be healed and he could be saved. And this is the providence of God in action. So in all things, we are to trust, trust the Lord because he knows what is right for us. Another point in these verses of scripture that I want to bring out in these poetic verses of scripture where David is telling us of his experience, regardless of the disruption or the turmoil or the upheaval that, he was, that was occurring around him, he found God to be the place 
of refuge, of safety, of hope, regardless of what was going on around him, regardless of the chaos that he was experiencing. Some people try to find refuge in many things. Some people try to find refuge in a bottle of alcohol to drown their sorrows. Some people try to find refuge in accumulating lots and lots of wealth. Some people try to find refuge in food, in continuously eating it. And later on to find that it's still that, that pain, that situation that they are facing is still there. Some people try to find solace in addictive substances, maybe like weed or cannabis. Same thing, but you understand what I'm saying. But my point is, they try to find solace in that. Or even in pornography, they try to find some kind of peace and satisfaction. But I want to encourage you today that whatever pain, that whatever struggle or frustration or challenge that you might be facing, we can and we can find a solution as we come to the Lord who is our refuge. And as believers in Christ, we have that hope, we have that confidence, knowing he will help us, knowing that he will protect us, knowing that he will guide us, knowing that he will give us the answers, knowing that he will give us the peace, the strength, and the joy in the midst of the chaos and the pain and the turmoil that is taking place around you. Another thing as we look at these scriptures, we are to rely on the presence of the Lord. We are to rely on the presence of the Lord. Now, as you read these scriptures, it kind of gives a picture of God is like in the middle and then it's like you've got all this turmoil and everything else around you because you're in that place of refuge. You're in that place of safety because you're in the presence of the Lord, because you're in him, his, his, his tabernacle, as it were, and you're in his place of safety. And as you and I, rely upon the presence of God, we will be in a safe place. The scripture says in verses four to seven, 
Though the mountains shake with its swelling, there is a river whose streams shall be made, make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her just at the break of dawn. The nations raged, the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice, the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Because the Lord is our refuge, we can experience his peace, we can experience his joy in the midst of the storm. When pieces of the walls are all falling down, when your world is caving in, God will bring you the strength that you need. Because he says in his word in the book of Hebrews, I will never leave you nor forsake you so that you can boldly say, that the Lord, nothing else, that the Lord is your helper and you will not fear what man will do to you. Because you have the Lord, you have everything you need. We have everything that we need once, once we have the Lord. And it's up to us to place our confidence in him and to make a decision of quality to say that lord that you are my refuge and i'm putting my trust in you regardless of how i feel because as the word says that the just shall live by faith and with tears rolling down our eyes we can say lord i choose to believe your word even though my emotions are like all over the place i'm choosing lord with your help to trust in your word. Because as we do that, then the Lord will move on our behalf and we will see the hand of God in our situation. The fourth thing that I want to bring about in these verses of scripture is that whilst being in the refuge of God and, and looking out from that place of safety, we need to hold on to his promises. Hold on to his promises. Verse eight to nine, it reads, come behold the works of the Lord who has made desolations in the earth. He makes wars to cease to the end of the earth. He breaks for bow and cuts for spear in two. He burns the chariot in fire. Be still and know that I am God. I exalted. I am, I will be exalted among the nations. I'll be, I'll be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. When we hold on to the promises of God, God is able to make himself strong. 
The Bible says in the book of Isaiah that he watches over his word to perform it. That every single time that we put our trust in him and we rely upon the word of the Lord and we in our situation, in our struggle, in, um, in, in our, however we are feeling, we put our trust in him, in his providence. We say, Father, I don't understand what's going on. I don't. But Father, I trust you and I'm just relying upon you. And I thank you that you will see us through, that you will give us the answers. And I hold on to your word. And the, the scripture says that he is not a man, that he will lie. And every single time, as we hold on to his word, he will show himself strong. I want to pray for a few things before I um, close. I'm so grateful for God's word that brings comfort in the times of when we're feeling frustrated and when we're in pain and when there's turmoil. We have hope. <laughs> we have hope. And I want to pray for us as a congregation, as a church, for a few things. I want to pray, first of all, that at this time that the Lord will continue to comfort, he will continue to strengthen every heart for those who, of us who are grieving, for those of us who have lost loved ones, those of us who are experiencing pain in our lives. It might be, as I said, you've received some bad news. You've received information that has caused you to be discouraged. I want to pray for you for that as well. So just join me as I pray. Father, I just come before you. I thank you for your people. I thank you for your word. Father, I just pray that you'll continue to strengthen and touch every heart, every life, Lord, under the sound of my voice. Lord, you see the hearts of your people, different ones, different situations. Father, some is bereavement. Some, Father, they've had some bad news. Some is to, is to do with their body. They need your healing touch. Oh, God, I'm praying, Father, for your divine hand, for your divine intervention, for your divine move and power. Lord, you are the all-powerful and almighty God. And, Father, there is nothing too difficult for you. And I pray that you will supply strength to the weary and the weak and those who are in pain. I pray, Father, that you will supply answers, solutions, and direction to those who are in need of this. And Father, 
those who are in need of your healing. We speak your healing might to go ahead and to intervene and to bring wholeness into the parts of the body that has been affected. We pray, Father, for a solution and we thank you for divine answers. And we pray, Father, that you'll strengthen every person, encourage every heart, help us, Lord, to mourn, Father, with understanding, with hope. Oh, Father, we pray that you will continue to help your people. I pray and I thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. I want to pray for, just before I hand over, for a few other things. I want to pray for, if you're, you're here and you, you have an addiction, you and you would like to be set free. I've not spoken to you about this. This is something I don't know about. And I'm, I want to pray for you that God will set you free. And I want to say this. There is no distance in the realm of the spirit telling you the power of God is strong and it's real. And that wherever you are, you can experience the power of almighty God that will set you free and bring deliverance to you. So if that is you, you don't even need to, don't need to put your hand up. Just wherever you are, put your hand on your chest. And I'm going to pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that, Father, that, that by the power of your Holy Spirit, that you will touch those ones who have addictions that they want to be set free from. I break it in the name of Jesus. And I bring freedom by the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. I stand in the stead and in the authority of our Lord Jesus. And I declare freedom. And I declare liberty from that addiction in the name of Jesus, of smoking, of any addiction to smoking. I break it right now. In Jesus' name, any drug addiction, any pornography addiction, I break it by the name of Jesus. And I speak your liberty and freedom upon your people today in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. And the final thing, I just want to pray um, for you if you'd like to give your heart to Christ. If you'd like to give your heart to Christ, I want you to. Pray this prayer after me. And after I've prayed this prayer, if you have given your heart to Christ, if you could signal, um, send a message to John Mark and the team, um, they will put you in a room um, with me and we can have a conversation. So if you would like to give your heart to Christ and you would like the Lord to be your personal Lord and Savior, knowing that if when you die, you'll know that you'll go to heaven and your name will be written in the Lamb's book of life. I want you to pray this prayer after me. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come before you 
this morning. I acknowledge that I am a sinner and that I need a savior. I believe that Jesus died on the cross and rose again from the dead. I believe and Jesus, I ask you to come into my life and save me and deliver me and be the Lord of my life. I pray in Jesus' name, amen.